This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the show where you get to call in and talk about whatever's going on with you. Look, we all struggle. We all have issues. We all have things that come up in our lives and we wonder how do we deal with them? How do we have, you know, how can we best get through whatever's, whatever obstacle is in our path? And tonight I'm super excited. One of my best friends, one of just an absolutely phenomenal counselor, Lisa Ald is here in the studio with me. Lisa, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. Very excited. I love it because Lisa's been on before and uh, we always get a great response. She's such a great counselor. And if you have insight for us, you can give us a call 866-391-1020 or the dollar bank instant access at kdkaradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So this week, uh, so Lisa, it's 2019 and I started, um, I'm going to do a video a week this year on my YouTube channel. Okay. So I have this YouTube channel where it's just, you go to YouTube, you type in Dr. Christian Conti. Um, and so my first video this year, here's what happened. I was the other day, uh, my wife and I were driving and this story kind of came to me and I shared it with her and she said, you got to make a video on this, but here's, here's the, here's the deal. So a guy is in a restaurant and it's a very expensive restaurant. And the guy's already sitting there thinking, this is way too expensive for me. So he orders a meal. He oh. doesn't like it whatsoever. It's an awful meal. It tastes terrible. So the waiter comes over to him and he says, hey, so what do you think? And the guy says, I hate it. This is the worst meal. It's way too expensive. And then he pauses and he said, so can I order another one? And the waiter said, what? If you don't like it, then why in the world and it's expensive, would you order another one? And the guy said uh, he couldn't think of an answer, but he insisted on having another meal. And we might think that that guy is out of his mind, except that is you and me and that is everyone else in the world who keeps coming back to the same topics that make us angry. We're going to pay for them mentally, physically, spiritually, and the cost is going to be great. But if you don't like, for instance, if there is... Um, you know, a political theme that you don't like and you keep coming back to it, that's no different than the man who ordered a meal that was costly. So that was my I first video. I love that video. story. I love it. It's called Ordering Peace. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be mindful of what we're ordering. We want to be mindful of what we're bringing into our lives. So tonight we're going to answer your questions. We're going to talk about, we have some text messages, some emails to get to, but also I want to hear from you. So 866-391-1020 is the number. Would love to talk. Um, but one of the topics that I put out on Twitter, the Twitter is uh, at Dr. Underscore Conti, C-O-N-T-E. But one of the topics that I threw out tonight that I want to address is what do you do when someone's talking negatively about you? What do you do when someone's talking about you? Like, when do you address it? When do you ignore it? And it's something that as human beings in this world, it's going to happen to mm-hmm. us. There's never going to be somebody who's never talked about in a negative way. The moment you put yourself out there, you're going to be talked about in a negative way. And it's hard. It's hurtful. It's really hurtful when you, when you hear it, but it's going to happen. It's inevitable. So what do you do? So I want to jump off talking about that. Let's start with that subject. And I see it all the time. So I mentioned YouTube. So I put up a YouTube video 
and I can hear one of the videos I was really excited about because the anger management video I did uh, last year has over 400,000 views on it. And it's pretty, that's pretty humbling to see that. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) And then Kaya and I did a video on parenting and that one has almost a million views. Yeah, Kaya. Super super excited about that. Um, But one thing that we hear, I hear all the time is the moment I put a video out, I'm going to hear things that are positive, supportive. You're going to hear gratitude. You're going to hear beautiful things. We hear from people all over the world, but I'm also going to hear people say just the outright meanest things possible. Mm -hmm. So if someone comes to you as a therapist, Mm -hmm. as, as, as you as their counselor and says, hey, people are talking about me, where do you begin with that? First of all, it, that's tough, right? That's tough. It happens to, to many of us. Um, you know, I would I would probably try to sift through the situation and, and get some background on it. But I think the first thing I would do is focus on what's going on with my client in particular. And when, when they hear that, either directly or indirectly, what's going on with them when they hear that message? See, so, that's yeah. good. Go, we'll talk, like, so, no, no, I that's think good. I, would, I would first try to sort through it with them. Um, figure out what's happening within them and then how we can work on kind of managing their emotions around it first and foremost, because I would imagine at some point we're going to decide if they should confront the person or not. And if they do decide to do that, I want them to be able to be in control of their emotions first and foremost. So I think that's, that's the piece that I really hope that our listeners hear is, do you want to be in control of yourself first? If you respond out of anger, anger is not going to overcome anger. So, you know, if someone's talking about you, especially let's, let's say they say that you lose control. So for years, I, I ran these anger management groups and guys, once they're in an anger management group, people are already saying, well, you're already angry. So now if someone were to confront them and say, look at this person, this person's an anger management group they get really upset. Well, if you get angry fast, you're going to kind of prove the person right. Right. So that's why I like what you're saying about find out where you are first in the, in your life with it. I think that's a really good point. I try to make it a point. Never. Like I, I, first of all, I understand that people only ever talk about someone if they're actually hurting themselves. Wait, say that again. So I don't think anybody who is in a complete state of peace is going to say something negative about others. Mm -hmm. I really don't. So I think that the only reason why people ever choose to say anything negative is they are struggling Mm -hmm. themselves in a place of darkness. So when I, when on YouTube, for instance, if someone just blasts out something really mean, I might say to them, uh, sometimes I choose to not just ignore it outright and not say anything. But other times I say, wow, it sounds like you're really struggling and you felt the need to say that. Um, I really hope that you find, you know, I definitely wish you all the best and much peace. And I send that, I send that to them because I want them to see that just because you say something negative to me doesn't mean I'm going to respond in kind. Absolutely. I think it's really important to figure out, um, two things. I think when you hear something negative about yourself, if it's hurtful, what about it is resonating with you? And then the second piece is, much as you're saying, Dr. Conti, is it is it more about them, the person saying it, or about you? Exactly. So listen, I have this saying, you are not a pink elephant. In other words, if somebody calls you a pink elephant, you wouldn't get upset about that because you know you're not a pink elephant. But as much as you know you're not a pink elephant, you can also know that you're not anything else somebody calls you that you're not. So as much as you're not a pink elephant, you're not any of those, anything that somebody mm-hmm. comes up with. And again, people don't say things from a place of peace. You never say, oh, look, look at that. 
monk who's sitting up on the mountainside is sitting there talking smack on someone. <laughs> we don't hear those stories. Maybe because up on the mountainside, right. but still, <laughs> we don't hear. I think it's because when people are in a place of peace, they're not likely going to mm-hmm. do those petty things. That makes a lot of sense. So. We're really excited to talk to you. The number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Emotional management. We got to manage these emotions. Let's go to the phone lines. By the way, I'm Dr. Christian Conti, and live in studio with me is Lisa Ald. And so we're going to go to the phone line. So, Sharon, you are on KDKA. Hi, Dr. Conti. I'm a caretaker. And I've been a caretaker for this lady. She's 84. I've been a caretaker for about two and a half years, and she's driving me insane. She's obsessive, compulsive, and she's getting older, Mm. and I have to keep my mouth shut. When I walk in, I can't be super me, which I normally am. Right, right. I have to be quiet because she's thinking. And I can't say, wow, good morning, which I only start at 2 o'clock, and she's still in her pajamas just getting up. So I can't say, good morning, Abby, because it's afternoon. Right, right. Well, listen, first of all, thank you. I mean, listen, I think I'm so grateful that you're doing a job like doing caretaking um, because... We are all in our lifetime in our lifetimes we all need support at some point and the woman that you're working with obviously needs your support. So what a blessing to have you in her life for you to be able to do this. I can tell it's obviously at times it's so frustrating um, and it is frustrating when we're working with people at times. Were there ever times when you were working with her when you weren't as frustrated? Not really, but it's getting to me now because she's slower. She moves real slow, and she's um, she's worse than she ever was. So, so she now. So it sounds like she's struggling more than ever. She's struggling more than she's ever struggled in the past. And yeah, and now she's lying. She says, "Why did you do this? She shouldn't have done that." And I did. I did it right. She's very meticulous. So one of the things that I talk about a lot on this show, I don't know if you've heard it before, but is the difference between what I call our cartoon world, which is our world of shoulds, like we should do this or people should do this, and then there's the real world, how it actually is. And sometimes we get caught up like thinking, so for instance, she's 84, she's struggling, um, sounds like her her health is declining. So because she's struggling in those ways... um, you're probably going to have to align your expectations with the reality that that's what you're going to get. She's probably going to continue to move slow, probably even slower as you continue to work with her. Yes. And I take her to our doctor's appointment and she has Parkinson's and it's getting worse. And she's trying hard to continue to keep herself active, but um, she's going downhill. So is it, is there part of you that thinks like, um, she shouldn't be going downhill right now. She should be, she should be doing better than she's doing right now. 
I know she's doing the best she can, but she's lying and it's aggravating me because she says, why did you do that? Like, for example, everything goes into her refrigerator and it has the day and the date on it. Everything. And she said, why didn't you put the day on it? So, so right, right. So how about, so let me ask you this. It sounds like she's trying your patience. This is really an, an, um, a, a person, yeah. a client you're working with that's trying your patience. In the past, when you've had people who've tried your patience, what have you done to kind of regroup and come back and say, okay, this person obviously needs a lot of compassion, needs a lot of patience. I got to slow it down. What have you done to reset yourself in the past when you've come into, you know, run into clients like that? I'm, I'm a certified laughter leader. I teach people to laugh. So I can make them laugh and I can take laughter and use that as, oh my gosh, do you believe it? <laughs> do you believe I did that? Oh. But it only goes so far with her because I can't talk. There's no conversation. Right, I, right. I can't, I have to be quiet. So, you know. Do you think part of your frustration stems, is it possible that part of your frustration stems from not being able to fix the situation? Because in other situations, maybe you could kind of make somebody laugh, you could make the situation better, but here, it gets really frustrating because you're trying everything you know to try, and it's not working because of whatever's right. going on with her cognitively or mentally or, you know, um, in our... You got it. So, so maybe that part, that's where the frustration is probably coming from, and that can certainly lead us to being more impatient for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I can't change it. I can't make it right. I can't make it better. I can't even deal with it because no matter what I say, um, she's going to argue and... I mean, I don't even argue with her. Right, right. No, but that's it. Like, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Like, it, when you can't fix it, when you cannot, when you can't fix it, then it's really hard because we say, I want to make, I want to make this person better. I'm seeing her suffer and I can't make it better. And, and I think, exactly. yeah, and I think it gets to us when we see people suffer and we can't fix it. But I want you to know that you being there with her and you giving her patience is the absolute best that you can give her. You giving her compassion, you giving her patience. Like that is the, that's the unconditional love and peace that you can be, that's so transformative. It sounds like, Sharon, if I, as we're wrapping up, I wanted to ju- jump in and and exactly what Dr. Conti said, I actually was going to mention the word compassion and say that um, it sounds like you have a lot of compassion for her. And the reason that you're in this type of work is because you get to express that. Um, and, and the other thing I was thinking is, you know, imagine for any of us, and in particular, like because you see it every day, how tough it would be to be in that situation for yourself and to not be able to have, um, you know, the type of control over your day-to-day life that you would want. And sometimes for me, just just having that empathy for someone else and understanding the situation from that lens often ends up with me being a lot more patient and having a lot more patience with that person. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I guess that's the only thing um, I have to continue to realize that she's, not going anywhere. She's getting worse, and it's happening faster. And uh, um, I just have to 
keep my cool. Yeah, I mean, I think now that she needs you more than ever. I, to me, that's what I see. When someone's struggling in that way, they need us more than ever. And I think in this moment, in this time, she's going to need you now more than ever. Sharon, I really appreciate your call. I think I feel like this is it's so powerful and I can even hear it in your voice. So I could hear right there once we got through that frustration, I can hear the compassion in your voice that you very much do care and you very much want her to be doing well. And the fact that you can't fix it is the part that's frustrating. And once you step back and maybe every time you go in to see her right before you go in there, you take a deep breath and say, OK, I'm not here to fix it. I'm here to give her love and compassion and patience and you giving her that patience. She's going to feel that on a level that she might not even be able to actually express. So sure, her health might still continue to decline. Maybe organic, if there's an organic brain uh, challenge for her, so something you know like dementia or Alzheimer's, if something like that's kicking in, then she really can't help that. That's a physiological challenge that she's facing. So you giving her that love and compassion, and I can hear it in your voice. You can Once you got through that frustration, I can hear that compassion in you. That's what I think is going to be transformative for her. Yeah, I guess, you know what, I used to have a man that I also cared for two days a week, and he had Alzheimer's, and there was still a part of him that was so caring, he couldn't talk, he couldn't make two sentences, two words come together a sentence or anything, but um, he would open the door for me, like when we walk into Eaton Park, he'd open the door, and he'd smile, and he'd let me go in first. And um, he, he um, when we crossed the street one time, he caught me because he thought I was going to get hit by a car. Uh, I was really safe, and so was he. But I had to laugh because he's such a caring man. And I told his wife, you know, what happened today and she said she started to cry and she said to me you know what we had a 50th birthday party for him and it was called a knight in shining armor because that's the kind of man that he is and you reminded me he's 70 now he was 50 for that birthday and she said you reminded me that of those times when he was a knight in shining armor and he still is and and I want you to know that see that's such a beautiful story and I want you to know that this woman who's struggling just because her brain might be impacting her in a different way doesn't mean that she doesn't still have that love and those beautiful things inside her but her, her brain what happens really in some of those organic brain disorders sometimes that part of your brain that can show that goes away and when that goes away you're not able to do it so I can see so maybe one of the one more things as we wrap this up one of the things to think about is don't not comparing her to what she should be or could be but meeting her where she is Sharon I am so grateful that you called in and I'm so grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing and I definitely wish you the best and I want you to keep bringing compassion to her Okay, thank you. Definitely, doctor. definitely, thank you. So, yeah, I think that's such an important thing when people are struggling to be able to say, 
I want to give them compassion and meet them where they are. If you want to be a part of this show, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you could text us at 866-391-1020 on the Right Automotive text line. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In the studio with me is my good friend, a phenomenal counselor, Lisa. Oh, Lisa, thank you for coming in here tonight. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words. I, Lisa is one of the most compassionate people you will ever meet. And I want to, first of all, we're going to give some information. If you want to see people, I'll ask me all the time, am I seeing people? I say, no, I'm not seeing clients. If you want to see someone Please see Lisa because she is phenomenal. So I'm going to give the number that they can get a hold of you. It's 412-737-3420. So if you want to get a hold of Lisa, that's the number. But let's say you want to get a hold of Lisa right now in the studio and ask her a question or ask me a question. The number to reach us is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us in the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, so Lisa, you have uh, been counseling for a long time. You also do work at the University of Pittsburgh. I do. I, I work in our athletic department. I've been there for eight years and work in a department called Life Skills. We primarily do personal and professional development for our student-athletes. So... Lisa and I met years ago, we were doing, uh, we did leadership conferences and we've done a lot of leadership conferences together through the years. Um, and one of the favorite things that we do, we'll take, uh, the young people on, uh, the college students on retreats. And so we've had some really good experiences taking those kids out on the retreats where mm-hmm. they're doing exercises. They're doing, you get to do ropes courses and yeah, we, we have a blast. Um, we usually take, we have, uh, 19 sports at Pitt. And varsity sports, and we usually take a handful from each team. So you can imagine fifty Division One student athletes together it gets pretty competitive. Um, but they're always they're always really grateful when you come speak. And we've used you, Dr. Conti, for so many things, whether it's communication skills, culture building, um, conflict resolution, etc. Well, I have to tell you about one of our uh, both of us are one of our favorite kids ever who yes. played last night and so did excited. really really yes. well. Uh, just really one of my favorite kids I've ever, ever met, uh, Avante Maddox. He plays, he's number 29 for the Philadelphia Eagles. He played football at the University of Pittsburgh. He's an outstanding young man. I'll have him on the show here in the future. Um, but he's a really good kid. But talk about leadership skills. Oh, yeah. So really awesome. So it's really, um, it, yeah, it's, it's wonderful to see, to start that stuff early on. But um, yeah, I love it. So we're going to go to the phone lines right now. And uh, Karen, Karen, you're on KDKA. Karen, you're on KDKA Radio. Hello. Hi, Karen. Uh, yes, I have a, a problem with my manager. She's driving me crazy, but I'm, I have to keep the situation uh, so she doesn't know that I'm calling. Okay. Um, uh, maybe to explain it. Well, no uh, names. So, Don't do any names of any business. No, or anything, I won't. Okay? No, I won't do names. But okay, she perfect. might recognize the situation, though. All right. Well, let's 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 give it a, our best shot. 
Okay, so what happened is, well, I'm in healthcare, and we deal with people, not widgets, you know, not nuts and bolts. So we had this client, and they took a little bit longer, and so the other client was waiting. I'd say about maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And, and, and so the guy left because he said he had a dinner reservation somewhere, and I understand that. And so that left a space until the next person comes in because we do appointments on the hours. So she's mad because there's that gap. And she said, I should have been done uh, within that time frame. Ah. So now she's, you know, she says some mean things and she throws some things down. So even if I wanted to leave, I have a bad reputation now. Oh, man. So what do you... I don't know you, how to handle this. Well, let's let's start with what do... If you could have a magic wand and say whatever you really want to say to her, what would it be? Like, what are, what's the real message you want her to hear? Oh, uh-oh, I, I just hope she's not listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if the main oh. message is not to be listening. No, but let's say, okay, so I, what I want to hear, though, is... I don't want her to listen, because I'll be in trouble. Uh, no, no, but I think, because well, there's no names, we're good. But listen, I wonder okay. if that what you're really wanting her to hear is you're trying your hardest, and you're, you're, you're giving your best, and that there are things that happen that are out of your control, and you really don't have a say over those things. Okay. Does that sound right. like? I mean, a, does that to, sound like what you want to treat everybody with compassion? Right, right, right. So, what is it? Uh, so, I, I want to get my my. Was it just one time where she was upset with one thing, or is there? Is this something that you want to learn how to deal with whenever she gets upset with you? Uh, yeah, because I'm sure she'll blow up again. <laughs> All right. So, Lisa, if we have somebody who you know, got a manager who's getting upset with you, how do you best deal with that? Well, I'd say I, I think what tends to happen is when we see someone get reactive, we tend to get reactive. That's our immediate instinct. Mm. So I'm wondering what it looks like for you, Karen, to take a pause and know that how you respond is going to then dictate what her next move is. So, you know, what does that look like for you to kind of know that you can control when we shift how we deal with other people, they tend to shift their behaviors. Okay, so you're saying if I change my behavior, maybe she'll change her behavior? I think that's one approach. I think that that's yeah. a pretty insightful thing because let's say um, let's say you were um, in your mind tonight. Let's say you run through this in your mind tonight. So I love the idea of practicing for what might come up ahead of time. So I always say on this show, my dad, he actually has a website called This Is Not Your Practice Life. And I love that saying. But one of the things we can do in life is practice situations that might come up. So let's say tonight, as you're going, as you're lying down going to sleep tonight, you might start to play out some scenarios in your mind. One scenario, picture yourself responding the way you normally do. But then in another scenario, picture yourself responding from a place of control, compassion, understanding. Like Lisa's saying, like maybe really try to put yourself in her shoes, seeing what's going on, and empathize with her in that way. And play out in your mind how you think that might go. Okay, that's going to be a little tough. That is going to be tough. I know how she would respond. Okay. What do you think might happen if you tried to see things from her perspective and and validated her feelings? What do you think might happen? 
Um, I don't know. Well, at least it's changing the situation. Well, you know what? At least that's a change. Exactly. Exactly. That's a change. And so here's the thing, Karen. This is so true about life. We cannot control how other people are responding, but we can come back to controlling ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what I say is if I'm around people who are going to be coming at me or negative or this or that, at least I can control myself. And I don't, like Lisa's saying, I don't have to feed into it. And if I don't feed into it, and I'll tell you what I'll do. Coming up it, coming up after the break, I'm going to tell you a story about how to be a couch and why that is going to make all the difference in the world for you. But here's what Thank I'd you. love for I you to do. I need any help possible. All right. Well, we're going to do that. We're going to we're gonna keep doing that. Thank you so much for calling, Karen. We're going to keep, I, I want you to stay, stay tuned in because we're going to give you some feedback coming up. All right. So this is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In studio with me is Lisa Ald. She is a phenomenal counselor. She's actually right here in the Pittsburgh area. If you want to talk to us tonight, the number in studio is 866-391-1020, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. Emotional management. We're managing our emotions. We got a call right uh, just in the last segment, and she was looking for, she's struggling a little bit with a manager who comes at her a bit at times out of frustration. So, Lisa, you gave such, uh, I really like that idea of we looking at the world through someone else's perspective, taking your time to really see things the way you respond differently does make an impact yeah for sure i um i think just sometimes remembering what we were talking about right before break the only thing we can control is ourselves our thoughts our behaviors um regardless of what the other person around us is doing so as much as we can kind of take a beat and control ourselves i think it goes a long way in dealing with um conflict and really just creating peaceful relationships around us well, so I told Karen I would give her the analogy of being the couch. Yes. And I want to give everybody the analogy. So if you take a rubber ball and you throw it off a wall, let's say you throw it off a, a solid wall, a cement wall, it's going to bounce right back to you. And you can stand there and throw that rubber ball off that wall all day and never get tired. It's boom, 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 boom. But if you took that rubber ball and you threw it and there was a couch there and it's stuck in the couch... If you wanted to throw the ball again, you would have to walk all the way across the room, get the ball, walk all the way back, throw it again. So what's going to happen? You're going to start to get really tired. You're not going to want to keep throwing the ball. So here's my analogy. Let's say someone throws negativity at you. Someone throws mean comments. Someone says and, and, and throws out things at you that you don't want. Well, if you fire back, if you're that cement wall and you fire back, you two can escalate really quickly. Well, you said this. Well, you said this. Well, this is my perspective. This is my perspective. But if instead of being the cement wall, you can be the couch, when they throw something at you, you don't need to throw back. And eventually they're going to lose steam because they're going to see that they're not going to get to you. So I teach people all the time, be the couch, 
be the couch. Do not be that cement wall. Don't fire back. And what you said, Lisa, is so true. The per- her energy will change ultimately mm-hmm. and impact the other person's energy. So let me ask you this. So when uh, when you say be the couch, I think there's potentially, right, there's a difference. Uh, some people may hear being the couch means I'm going to turn around and walk away because I don't want to get into this, you know, escalating argument with this person. Um, for other people, that might mean how can I react in a more soft way. So what, I mean, what are some examples? Can you, can yes. you provide, you know, yes, ways no. that people can be the couch? And you're right. And it's true because someone could say, well, then does that mean just be walked on? Right. No, not at all. Not at all. You can be assertive, but here's the difference. So there's, there's a difference between what's called content, the words people say and process how they say it. So if I were to say to you, Lisa, I'm really happy with you. (laughs) It would sound like my words are, I'm really happy with you, but my tone, my process would sound like angry, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So when people, when you respond with content, so in other words, someone says something, a manager says something mean to you and you come back with something mean, then that's content to content. That's like the rubber ball off the cement wall. But if you were to just validate the process, like, wow, I see you're really upset. Mm. I can see you're upset. Uh, You know, if I look at it from your perspective, I can see why you're upset. Um, I wasn't in charge of that person coming in or not. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to control that variable. Um, Please let me know what you'd like me to do in the future, and I'll try to be mindful of that. Mm -hmm. I think what gets us to be the cement wall is our egos. Our egos don't want to be told we're wrong. Our egos don't want to be told, you know, that we did something that we didn't do. Mm -hmm. So our egos are quick to defend themselves. And it's not wrong or bad. I just think it's a natural part of being a human being. We have egos. Our egos say, you know what? No, I'm right. I did this right. You're the one that's wrong. And that's where you get back and forth. The reason what earlier in the show, we talked about, you're not a pink elephant. In other words, if you're not a pink elephant and someone calls you a pink elephant, there's no reason to get angry. Well, the same thing is true if if you're if someone says you didn't do something and you did it, I don't need to argue that. It's done. And I appreciate that you don't you didn't think that I did that, but it is done and I did it. And so I don't need to engage in a back and forth argument because as sure as the sun comes out in the day and it's dark at night, I did that thing, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So No, be- I like that. Yeah. That's some good reflection. And it takes time. It really does take time. I think this is one of those things, um, just putting the time in and, and practicing taking a pause, right, before you get to choose the automated response. Because as much as we may not like the word ego or getting caught up in our ego, I think it's pretty natural for all of us to want to respond and defend ourselves in that way. So it takes practice. It does. I'm really, really glad you used that word because I do believe it takes practice. And I think that we assume naturally that we are to just be good at communicating mm. and it's it take it's a skill it's a skill to communicate well well is a skill and it takes practice it takes effort and look i say this all the time we master what we practice so if we all the time day in day out we lash out impulsively at others we end up mastering being impulsive and snapping at people. And before we know it, we're really great at losing our temper, at getting into arguments. So we want to be mindful of what we're mastering. What are we, what are we, we want to be mindful of what we're practicing. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think, and you, you hit on a really good point too, that I'd like to say, and that is the word ego is not comfortable for people. As soon as we use the word ego, 
our 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 egos responses right, right. we get a little defensive yeah yeah it's not yeah. no it's not my ego right. it was that was it this no but it is and i think the less we make it like a uh, taboo to say mm. the word ego it's just it is a reality so the way i describe ego is ego is the center of who we think we are so really and I want to get deep here for a minute, but the ego is the center of our consciousness. It's the center of everything that we're aware of. But if you think of an iceberg, the majority of the iceberg is below the water. So if you think about the ego, the ego is the center of everything that's above water, which is not very much. The actual center of the iceberg is way down below in the in the water. And that's what we, I would call essence. That's your essence. That's who you are. That's the center of who you are. The ego is only the center of everything you're aware of. And the ego, because it only knows so much and can only see so much, it does get very defensive quickly. It wants to know whatever I think is true, whatever I believe is real. So I think if we could get rid of having it be taboo and just say, yeah, let's, we all have an ego and yeah, my ego's getting in the way. It's easier to get rid of it that way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for how someone can kind of tap into that essence of, of who they truly are? I do. I think that one way is when people give you feedback, instead of fighting it, have your first instinct be to really listen, like try to get into other people's perceptions as they're telling you something. I love that. So in other words, when someone tells me, well, you didn't do this effectively, instead of me saying, no, I didn't, or defending my position, I go, okay, I can see that. Mm -hmm. So the simple phrase, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Like, so my real powerful analogy about the box, and I can go into it, uh, you know, in the second hour, but the idea about the box, like if we're on different sides of a box, then we are, if we're going to see things, you, I'm, you might see your side of the box, I might see my side of the box, but I can't simultaneously see both. Mm. So at any given moment, I'm always aware that someone else is seeing a different side of the box that I'm just not seeing. And for me, that helps me say, okay, I don't know. You teach me, teach me what you're right. seeing. Right. So right. saying something like, I can see that, or teach me what you're seeing yeah. helps us set that aside. It reminds me of the phrase, um, I think you, I've heard, you may have heard it being said before, you know, we're listening with the intent to understand instead of listening with the intent to reply. Yes. So I really, I really think that's a huge one. We want to, our ego again wants to be right. So it's like, I'm just going to listen only until I can have right. you shut up so right. I can say what I want to say. <laughs> right. But that essence is like, no, I want to learn more. It's it's humble. I think our essence wants to constantly, constantly learn. And if you want to learn more about you and you want to talk to Lisa or me, the number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. This is the Emotional Management Show, and Lisa Ald is live in the studio with me. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management, a weekly checkup from the neck up with Dr. Christian Conti, brought to you by Summit Psychology Services on KDKA Radio. A weekly checkup from the neck up. I like that. On KDKA Radio, this is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In the studio with me tonight is Lisa Ald. Lisa, I'm excited to have you in here. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. I love it. It's it's so fun because we get to talk. We've done, uh, we talked earlier about how we've done leadership conferences together. And um, 
we are just like-minded in our passion for the field of counseling and helping people. If you want to call and ask us anything you want to ask us, the number is 866-391-1020, or you can email us in the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. So... You got a text there. We did. So we were just before the break talking about the ego and sometimes how that can lead us to be defensive. So we got an interesting text that I thought I'd read um, and get your thoughts on this. The text is, is there a difference between being negative and being defensive? Is there a difference between being negative and being defensive? I think that being defensive in some ways could be interpreted as being negative. Um, So in a sense, it might fall under the umbrella of being negative. But I really do believe that... So I was writing about this, so I'm really excited with... I have a new book that's going to be coming out in 2019 with Sounds True Publishing, um, Walking Through Anger. Really excited about it. Um, But I'm writing right now, finishing up some final edits, and there was a part that I'm writing about with the difference between ego and essence. Like, what is our ego What is, and what is our essence? And I really believe that our essence is that unique, alive part of us that constantly wants to grow. In other words, we always want to, we want to learn. We want to know that what what we still want, we have more to learn. Mm -hmm. So if I ask anybody, do you feel like you know everything? Unless it's a teenager, their answer is likely going to be... It should be no. Right. Right. It's going to be no. I still have more to learn. But what's interesting is the moment someone challenges something we believe, we get really defensive. But I thought a minute ago we're saying, I still have more to learn. Mm -hmm. So what I do is say, when we operate from essence, it's that humble curiosity. We're always looking to say... What else can I learn? What else can I learn about myself? So in other words, maybe you say something about me and it's not comfortable. Maybe you you give me feedback and it's not comfortable because it's not my vision of myself. Instead of being angry with that, I say, okay, maybe that's not what I thought I was coming across as, but I can't experience me the way you can because I'm seeing myself through my own eyes. Mm, Great point. Great point. So so I think the essence is we're constantly learning. And when you operate from essence, you're not going to be defensive because there's nothing to be defensive about. Like, okay, you're saying that I'm doing something. I'm not seeing it. I'm not experiencing myself do this. So one of the things um, my wife and I, she was in last week, by the way, uh, Kristen and Kaya joined me last week um, uh, on uh, New Year's Eve. And it was really a lot of fun. But we've been together for 20 years. And one of the things that we'll do is if we give each other feedback, instead of being defensive, we say, this was just my perspective. So this was my experience of this moment. Mm -hmm. And when you communicate in that way, like this is my experience of this moment, then it's not, there's nothing to argue. That was just my experience in this moment. Mm -hmm. And conversely, if you're giving me feedback, I can't tell you, oh, you did, that's not your experience. That if that's your experience, that's your experience. So it really does it changes when you're able to to speak in that way. I can imagine it would take a little while to get there as well. Meaning, I'm sure you and your wife didn't start out having Absolutely, such fruitful right. conversation. Absolutely. Um, but what, one of the things I was actually thinking about and just jotting down some notes when you're talking, truly talking about this essence of who we are and wanting to grow. And I would hope, you know, my hope is for most of us, that is, that is the case. Um, and I can also see where... For myself, for for many people, for clients I've worked with, um, wanting to grow and yet 
knowing that like it, it can be super scary when we're stepping outside of um, you know the typical loop that we're in. So for me, that brought up you know the difference between being defensive or even I mean along that that same train of thought um, defense mechanisms. If you want, if we can talk a little bit about that of what might happen when we start to be challenged and instead of growing, we step back into what's comfortable. Well, I think so defense mechanism. So if we go back to looking at that iceberg Mm -hmm. idea, and that was Freud's kind of topographical model of what the psyche is to say, okay, if we think about the iceberg, whatever's above the water is consciousness, which is a fancy word, but that's awareness. Mm -hmm. Whatever's below water is unconscious. So a lot more things we're not aware of. And again, if our essence is in the middle of that iceberg, then the, and our ego is the center of the top apart. So we, it's so scary to know that there's so much more that we don't know. So we do have what's called, as you said, defense mechanisms and our ego defends itself from having to think it's wrong mm-hmm. or that its perspective is not you know accurate. So it, it, there's lots of different things we do. And one of those things is denial. As the joke goes, denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> denial is, right. uh, no, that can't be happening. You can't be seeing this about me right now. Or, you know, there are lot, so many, so many different defense mechanisms. One of them is confirmation bias. So if I look for something, I'm going to see it. Um, and we have all these different defense mechanisms. We can go into them for sure on this show. I think it would be really helpful for people. But one of the things about them is they keep us safe. They keep us locked in. So I visualize almost like a box when I would do, uh, groups and group therapy, I, I always do, you know, I'm always like a visual. So it's fun here on the radio. Cause I'm always being challenged to figure out how I can communicate my message without doing the visuals I like to do. But I used to put a box, like I'd just take a box and I'd put the box on my head and I'd say, <laughs> I'd say to the people in the group, how easy would it be for me to go about my day right now with this box mm-hmm. on my head? And they'd laugh, but I'd say, that's what ego does. Ego boxes us in. And so that we really, that's a great visual. <laughs> and yeah. we can't see. So yeah, if everybody out there on the radio can, can hear on the radio waves can see what I just said right there. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's so true. So we get limited by our ego and, and you, you hit the nail on the head too. And that we revert to what we've known because, Hey, it's comfortable. Mm. So I'd rather do what's comfortable than have that scary part and go out there and try to grow from that. Man, it's just so, it is so scary. Yeah. And it's almost, you know, a daily intention of, you know, is this a priority for me to continue to grow in this way? And I love that you've brought that up a couple of times about the practice, because it's something that we need to keep bringing up. Like, are you practicing it? How you can't just wake up and be able to do this. Like it takes a lot of practice. Right. Um, you know, f- what I've done 20,000 plus hours of one-on-one sessions with people for, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a lot of time. Over 20,000 times I sat down and listened to people and listened to stories. Um, So it's taken some practice for me to get here. I don't expect people to magically get there. But here's what I do know, that just like everything else in life, if you start, you have a better chance of getting there than if you don't start. Absolutely. And even just, you know, those listening to have those starting with the self-awareness of even wanting to potentially explore this a little further, I think is the first step. So it's being open to say, I'd like to learn. And I think what happens is this for most people, the initial frustration is with everyone else. It's yeah, someone, it's right, everybody else right. in the world. Everybody's it's messed up fault. and it's everybody yeah. else in the fall. But yeah. here's the thing. You only ever live with you. So you have to operate in this world where people are the way they are. So why not get to know yourself? Why not learn more about yourself? If you want to learn more about yourself, 
Lisa Ald is in studio with me. The number is 866-391-1020. Or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkaradio.com. Or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. I am Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Oh, this is Emotional Management Man, that music's excited. I, I get I get excited listening to that music. If you're excited, you want to call in. The number is 866-391-1020. You can email us in the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. Again, that number is 866-391-1020. The great thing about radio, you can call in, you can be anonymous. So if you don't want to give your actual name, you can make up a name. We will never know. Um, But it's worth it to call in and have the conversations. We do have some emails and texts to get to, um, but we always enjoy when you call because it gives us a chance to actually have a dialogue. In studio with me tonight is Lisa Ald. Lisa, how can people get a hold of you to see you as a counselor? The best, the best place would be to send me an email. They can reach me at Lisa underscore Ald, A-U-L-D, at yahoo.com. Or they can also leave me a voicemail at 412-737-3420 between the hours of 9 and 5. Nice. So the number is 412-737-3420 to leave you a message between 9 and 5. And your email is Lisa underscore ald a-u-l-d at yahoo.com okay that's yep. great and you know i know that you've been doing this a long time you've had and you've seen a such a variety of people throughout your career what are some things i guess and i don't put you on the spot to interview you on this but what are some <laughs> issues and things uh, I think that are, let's say, really common, let's, even at this time, do you see like times of the year where things, people are more struggling with something over something else, like motivation now yeah, or something sure, like that? Sure. So do um, you- well, I would say, you know, uh, in general, I typically see adults, um, 18, I, I do a lot of work with college students, 18 to 22, and I would say uh, many of them are just kind of in, in a stage of adjustment, whether it's transitioning into collegiate environment, um, particularly in athletics, and really prepping people to transition out, what that looks like. Um, not just, you know, specifically at Pitt, preparing to potentially no longer play a sport that they've played their whole life, but around identity of what does that mean for the next stage of my life. Um, but I also see adults any age in private practice that are looking to um, any adjustment or any transition that they're looking to make in their lives, really just learning how to live a more wholehearted life um, in the way that they want to show up every day. Well, and I always, one of the things that I think that you and I've always clicked on is there's just, you lead by example with always wanting to grow personally. And I think when you tap into that, and that's, again, that's that essence, that's that mm-hmm. part of us that is always curious, always wants to grow and learn. And when you live and by example, I think that helps people see. So for those of you who don't uh, know Lisa yet, like being in her presence, you see somebody who consistently wants to learn about herself. And that's why I feel like, that's why I always recommend people to you all the time. And you know, what's awesome in this internet age is I know that you will be open to seeing people through Skype. So if people can, oh, yeah, are listening anywhere in the country and, uh, you know, you want to see Lisa get a hold of her because 
you know, you, just because you're not in, if they're not in the mm-hmm. area, they could still have a chance to, to meet with you. For sure. So transitioning, transitions, um, well, transitions, that, yeah, any questions we have there in a minute, but what's neat about that is that applies to everyone. Like you said, not just college students leaving from here mm, to there, right. but it literally maybe a relationship in work. But I think maybe the most powerful piece is when you talk about it with personal growth, because you might be transitioning from who you were to mm-hmm. who you're becoming. Yep. A lot, so many of us have, you know, resolutions around this time of the year on, you know, different things that we want to strive to achieve during this, this year, whether it's, <laughs> Speaking for myself, right? Health, fitness, all that fun stuff that seems to be on the list every year. But I think it's so important. Um, It doesn't have to be, obviously, uh, a a New Year's resolution, but just changing how we show up every day and really figuring out what we want to attract into our lives to live the the best life that we want to live. So it's coming back to practicing day in, day out. And what a great resolution for people to practice communication. Absolutely. Like practice handling their emotions more effectively. I would say, I mean, life-changing, right? Like learning how to communicate more effectively, communicate better, and taking the time to, to grow in with your own communication skills. But, you know, learning how to manage your emotions, I think, is almost the first thing you need to do prior to learning how to communicate. Um, it's almost, you know, communicating with yourself is learning how to manage your emotions in a certain way. Well, and I know you do a lot of that with the university students, like they're learning to deal with in the leadership conference. We would mm. do stuff all the time where we were talking about how to handle their emotions. Um, it's interesting with athletes because let's say even with a national championship game going on right now, there are people who will lose their temper and cost their team penalties. There are people at work. I did a show a few weeks back uh, where people called in and talked about how they had cost themselves some you know, significant things at work because of their temper and not knowing how to manage those emotions. And yeah. so again, that's why we do this show. If you want to be a part of the show, it's 866-391-1020, but maybe we'll transition into some of those questions. So if you have, um, if you want to give us one of those questions. Yeah, absolutely. So we got an email. I think this is a great topic for really learning how to manage emotions. Um, so someone writes in, Hello, Dr. Conti. I got into a really big fight with my girlfriend of six years. Because of my anger, I'm trying to cope with it now and learn how to control it. She said she wants her space and that we'll get back together when I'm better. This happened two days ago, and it's really affecting me in terms of eating and sleeping. And I'm wondering how you can help me learn to cope with my anger, but also depression resulting from it. Mm. Well, first of all, Definitely my heart goes out to you because six years is a long time to be in a relationship and then to have your girlfriend say she wants her space. I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot going on. Obviously there's going to be a lot going on. One of the things that's interesting is in these moments, and I just talked to someone last week who was going through a breakup and he was struggling and he said he, he, he couldn't figure out where the source of his anger was coming from. And I said, and it's almost we come back to one of our earlier callers who had nothing to do with this. But when Sharon was talking about caretaking earlier, yeah. when we can't fix a situation. So I would imagine, I don't know if we had a name on that, but if we if, if that was anonymous, but if his if that young man, if he can't fix it, that his girlfriend left, she needs her space. He can't fix it like, no, let me make this right. right. And in our inability to fix situations can really get to us. And it gets to us in a way that eats us up. So we're like, uh, if I feel ineffective or if I'm not worth something, that's where we get so much anger from. I could see that. Yeah. And it sounds like he's doing a lot of reflecting now 
Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, you know, in the moment, I mean, this is, this is a common theme even um, in, in couples counseling that I've done in the past of, you know, one partner saying to another that uh, the anger is what often drives them to stop communicating or, you know, will, will result in stonewalling from one or the other. So do you, um, do you have any tips or have you worked with people who learning how to control the anger in the moment? Right. So I think that the first thing is when we get into real big anger, it's I need you to listen to me. And I think that one of the best things to step back on is to recognize that's not a need. Like you need to breathe. <laughs> you need yeah. air. Uh, you need food and water. You have very few needs and needing someone to hear your perspective is not one of them. That is, that is a, that's a, a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not something that you need. And I think that when you start to tell yourself, I need this, because now think about this. If I need food and I have no chance to get food, I'm going to be at, or I'm trying, I'm, I have to go the most desperate route to get food. I can get really angry. I can do whatever I need to do to get that food if I need it. But we don't, if I, if I feel the same way about food as I do for the, I need to have you hear my perspective, I'm going to go to the same extreme for that. So I just did a video the other day, um, about how Hammurabi's code code was 4,000 years ago, an eye for an eye. So if you stole something, then you had your hand locked up, lopped off, but people would still, they would continue to steal because they were so hungry. Maybe I needed bread. So I steal. I didn't think about those long-term consequences. You do desperate things when you're feeling desperate. And so to that young man, I would say, be mindful about telling yourself, I need to have her hear what I'm thinking. I need her to know how I'm feeling. Because when you put yourself in a desperate position like that, you'll do desperate things, including lash out with Mm. anger. And we want to help you not do that. We want to help you avoid that. The number is 866-391-1020. You can email us in the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. Um, this, this is the Emotional Management Show. It's the show where you can ask these kinds of questions, and we're going to talk more with that and about how to cope with the things you need to cope with. I'm here with a phenomenal counselor, Lisa Ald. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is the Emotional Management Show on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. It's the show where you get to manage your emotions. Look, we all go through things in life. We all have situations that we could use a little more insight on, an extra pair of eyes to see what's going on. And joining me in the studio tonight is Lisa Ald. She's my great friend, and she's a phenomenal counselor. So how do you like being on the show? I kind of like it. I think I should come back often. <laughs> All the time. I love it. We are we're talking about if you want to be a part of the show, the number is 866-391-1020. Um, or you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com, or you can text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. But we were talking about that anger and why I think they I wanted I wanted to cover why I think we need to feel like we can fix situations. I think that we need to feel like we need to fix situations because if we look at this, this is, I'm going to go deep here for a minute. I think that we, if we were 10,000 years ago, 
if you look at our species, we traveled around in groups and we needed to survive in groups. We needed each other. So I think we're hardwired to need each other. And I think that we really need to know that we're valued in a group. And if we're ever not valued, then we are hurt. And I think there's a deep reason for that. So I, there was, I saw an interesting study, uh, an hypothesis that an anthropologist made, I think back in 2013, that was, he said that his idea was that the reason why Neanderthals died out is they had a smaller part of their brain devoted to social interaction and a larger part of their brain devoted to muscles, uh, coordination, eyesight. They were bigger, stockier, and they could needed to see farther because they lived up on mountains. And so his idea was that maybe they didn't think they needed each other as much as human beings, uh, homo sapiens recognized that we needed each other. So if we're hardwired to need each other, then if someone says, you know, no, your opinion's not valued, we take it really personally because think about this. If we got ousted from a group 10,000 years ago, that meant death. How are we supposed mm-hmm. to survive without others? And I think deep in our hard drive and in, in our deep inside of us, we are hardwired to say that we want to be needed. And I think that's why it gets to people. So even when we had that um, uh, uh, Sharon being a caretaker and saying, I want to help, it's like, wait a minute, if I can't be valued here, and one of the great things that we were telling her, and it's something that, and, and I love the profession she's in, I love what she's doing, and it's not just for her, but for everyone, is we are valued when we provide a safe space for others, when we're there with others. We are still valued, even if we're not right. And I think that's the part where we think, I'm not going to be valued if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, absolutely. I could see that. What One of the things that you were saying reminded me of um, a lot of the work that I do is based on the work of Dr. Brene Brown, as we've talked about before. And one of the things that she always, that she talks about is that we're hardwired for connection. So much, much is in what you're saying about kind of where we come from, I mean, all of us are hardwired for that true connection with others. And if we don't feel valued or like we have that connection, um, not, only, not only is it socially isolating, I think a part of us isn't truly flourishing in the way that we're meant meant to. Right. And I think so we cover just to go even just a little deeper too. we cover emotions. So uh, the lowest kind of connection emotion we can have is shame. When we live mm-hmm. in shame, we act out of shame. Yeah. Above that, there's depression. There's That's an awful, awful feeling. Above that is anxiety. Again, such an awful feeling. But above shame, depression, and anxiety is anger. So in other words, we want to almost be in a state of anger rather than be in a state of shame or depression or anxiety because they feel so awful. That's why a lot of times when we're really anxious, we lash out at others and it's really because we're feeling really anxious and we don't want to feel that way. And there's a neurological reason for that too. So. If I feel anxious, my body has a lot of cortisol in it, mm-hmm. but if I snap, bam, throw something, yell, I'm release endorphins. Mm-hmm. So I start to feel a little better. And so when it comes to fear, if you don't accept my opinion and you don't accept my, my, you know, my insight, well then I have to, I, that's fear. And so how do I cover that up with anger? And I think that's the reason why when people don't feel valued in a group, they lash out so much. And once we shine light on that, I'm going to come back to the the analogy of the iceberg. Once we shine light on that, 
it's almost as if the water drop the water level drops so more of the iceberg is exposed mm-hmm. so that's more consciousness there and that's the goal is kind of have the water drop down as low as possible so we can have the most part of the iceberg out of the water and we can be more conscious beings so having the understanding of why we might be quickly reverting to anger will almost take will take us further it takes us so much further. It just even to be able to say to someone, you know what? I don't I'm really not upset with you right now. I'm feeling anxious mm-hmm. in this moment or you know what? I've been struggling with being down recently. I think I feel myself chemically depressed. Yeah. I'm not mad at you, but I can find myself getting angrier quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a video on getting angry and not knowing why. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I like to give that resource because I do those videos on YouTube as a resource for people. It's a free resource. You can subscribe to the channel and it's free. You just updates for when new videos come out but it's just you go to youtube and it's dr christian conti c-o-n-t-e but i did a video called getting angry and not knowing why and it's about that so you can understand to say to your loved one look or your co-workers or your friends or anyone you can say you know what right now i'm struggling physically and it's i i feel like lashing out you know my wife and i will joke we can look at each other if i'm really hungry i can say you know what I feel like biting off your head. I'm not going to, but I feel like it. And then we laugh like that, you know, and and it's more, we just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. It is perfectly okay as a human being to be agitated, Mm -hmm. to be irritable. That's Mm -hmm. perfectly normal. We don't have to respond in an irritable or agitated way, but it's okay to feel that way. And I think a key part of that is investigating. So, So recognizing the feeling and potentially even naming it Oftentimes I'll have my clients do that. What? Let's name the the emotion that you're actually feeling, which provides some clarity and release. And then I think the second part is investigating why it is that you're feeling that way. So I love that phrase, investigating the feeling, because it comes back to operating from essence rather than ego. When you operate from essence, you're curious. It's humble curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so that's constant investigating. Like, what is going on? Why might I be feeling like this? What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And these are all the types of things to practice. So like you said earlier, what are you practicing? Are you actually Mm -hmm. practicing the things that you want? Um, I think there's a way to do that. It's to be mindful, to continually be humble and curious about what's going on. You know, so we got, um, there was a a text and the message was something to the effect around, uh, you know, how do I know you're genuine? Like, you don't know what I'm going through and I've called into all these shows and how do I know people aren't just wanting to hear themselves speak? And you could tell that the person who wrote that text was really frustrated mm-hmm. and he was hurting and, you know, so it sounds like he's called lots of shows and he didn't get the answer that he's looking for. And he says, well, how can I tell if someone's being genuine or not? There was a great uh, story I read once about Milton Erickson, which is he's a phenomenal psychotherapist. He was actually a hypno hypnotherapist. He was a psychiatrist, um, but he said somebody came to him once and they said, "You're my last hope." And he looked at him and he said, "No, I'm not. I don't accept being your last hope. You're your last hope. Like I won't take that burden. Mm-hmm. You're giving me too much credit. Like don't give me that kind of credit." And I almost want to say the person who's struggling to to, to send in a, a text like that to say no matter if you're calling all these different shows, whether you perceive the person to be genuine or not, what really matters is, are you finding the solutions that you need to find? Um, are you looking inward or are you looking to everyone else? Mm-hmm. And and that's where, when we're struggling, when we're hurting, we do look to everyone else. It is true. Very true. 
that's why I liked your advice earlier saying to somebody like a look inward see the world even to the woman who's talking about the manager like look through your manager's eyes look mm-hmm. see what see what your manager's seeing because maybe if you do that you go oh maybe that's what she's seeing yeah yeah and I the the, the easiest way to get curious about it right we can we can't do it for others unless we start by doing it for ourselves right so in your journey I'm sure there were times where looking inward was tough. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, still, I mean, it's a practice. I think it's, it's truly a practice and, you know, something that I prioritize for myself, um, just having that self-awareness. And then obviously like the second piece of that is learning how to self-regulate. Well, I think the, 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 and when we'll do in the next segment, we'll talk about how to self-regulate. How do you get to that spot to self-regulate? But I, I think one of the biggest barriers I overcame when I was young, I had a hard time saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's all ego. It's all ego stuff. And along the way, I learned to say, I'm sorry, much more easily. And now I say it so quickly because I am sorry. I definitely know that I could have said something or did something that either you could have interpreted a certain way, or maybe I said it in a way that was worth interpreting that Mm -hmm. way. And I'm sorry for that. I'm not always going to say things in the most effective way. And I own that. I own complete responsibility for that. And it's very freeing when you can own responsibility for something like that. Absolutely. if you have questions for us, Lisa Ald's in the studio with me. It's 866-391-1020 or Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com or text us at 866-391-1020 on the right automotive text line. That's the best deal in Pittsburgh. This is the Emotional Management Show. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. You're listening to Emotional Management with Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. I'm excited because Lisa Ald has come into the studio with me tonight. And you know what? I always enjoy having you in here. So, Lisa. Yes. People can get a hold of you through, they can leave a message at mm-hmm. 412-737-3420 or between 9 and 5, or they can email you at lisa underscore ald a-u-l-d at yahoo.com and what a great um it's so it's so awesome because you're here in pittsburgh so people can see you in pittsburgh but thanks to modern technology anyone listening throughout the country that wants to get a hold of you can reach out and you're able to see them through skype skype or telecounseling yeah absolutely i see clients in person in the pittsburgh area and suburbs, um, as well as a Skype counseling. So, investigating the feeling. We're trying to we're trying to put it all together here for our listeners because you do a lot of stuff with transition. You talk about we, we've talked about investigating the feeling, living from your authentic self, your you know your essence, who you really are. And to do that is going to take curiosity. It's going to take a, some. It's going to take courageousness. Definitely. Definitely. I remember one time a woman came to see me and this was maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And she came in and she struggled with anxiety so badly that she was not even really able to leave her house. And so you say, well, how did she get into the session? Well, that's the first part I started with. Like she was trembling and shaking. And I said, this is really amazing that you were able to get yourself to a counseling clinic and like the courage it must have taken 
knowing that this causes fear for you? And she said, well, it, it did took that. She said, I have seen five other counselors that I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't gel with them. It didn't work out. So I said, so you not only brought yourself in here and had the courage to come in here, but you had poor experiences and you didn't give up on it. And she really was just absolutely, that's amazing to be mm-hmm. able to face that courage. And resilience, a lot of resilience. Yes. And the human spirit is so powerful. I've seen so many stories. It's the reason why, you know, 20 years into this, I'm still as passionate mm-hmm. as when I started is I've seen so many people make profound changes. And when people make profound changes, I mean, it's it's inspiring because you get to vibe off of them doing that. Not that we get our self-worth, whether somebody's doing well or not, but it's really energe- energizing to watch people yeah. do well. For sure. I've often had people say, do you think people can change? Right. And it's a common question. And at the same time, I don't think we would be in the profession we're in if we didn't truly see how people can change and do. I had a counselor educator one time, a person who was, she was a professor of counselor education. You can't make this stuff up. (laughs) And she said, what is this? This counseling stuff can't work. I said, you're teaching counseling. She's like, yeah, but it can't work. So that's a lot of students that were impacted by somebody saying this doesn't even work. I said, I, she said, do you really think it works? I said, it's life. Like, have you ever made a change in your life? Like somebody thought one time, a long time ago, they said, well, I don't, I wouldn't want to be a counselor because I I don't want to give advice. And I said, well, great. I don't give advice. Mm -hmm. I don't give advice. My job is to help hold up a mirror so that other people can see what I'm seeing, what the Mm -hmm. world is seeing. And when you hold up a mirror for someone so they can see themselves, it's not about giving advice. You very rarely do you ever actually come straight out and say, here's my advice. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. If you give advice and it doesn't work, who do they blame? (laughs) And if you give advice, right. Right. And if we give advice and it works, who do we just make them dependent on? Exactly. Right. It's truly, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's accompanying someone on that journey to help facilitate that growth with them. Right. Speaking of facilitating growth, I wanted to be, I wanted to remember my good friend, Rob Pratt reminded me today is Serbian Christmas. And I wanted to wish everyone uh, who in that faith, a Merry Christmas. So it's, it's having friends and having people to, be able to help you and help you have that vision is huge. And that's a lot what counseling is. It's not a matter of, I don't, I, I want to destigmatize any kind of counseling because it there shouldn't be a stigma. Like it's basically us talking like, Absolutely. I can't see myself in this moment. You can see me mm-hmm. and, and you're naturally by your position going to be able to see more about what's going on with me. And I think that's what we do as counselors. We're able to say, okay, I can see this from the outside. So I strongly invite people to go out and try, try counselors, give them a chance. Because I think when you do that, you start to open up your eyes to something totally different. So for years, I kind of have, I always had fun when people come see me, like if they didn't know what to expect, because I love uh, asking the question, was this what you expected? And first of all, usually when people see me and I'm in a t-shirt and jeans (laughs) and I'm covered in tattoos, they say, no, I didn't think that's what you looked like. I didn't know that what this was going to be, but I've always, always liked that. I always enjoy it. Say, well, what did you think it was going to be? Right. And sometimes people don't even know, Mm-mm. but they're not even just giving it a chance. Mm-hmm. Just give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It can be scary. Take some courage. It is. It can't, it can be, it can be very scary. So we are, um, 
we both have done a lot of leadership stuff. And what I found is leadership doesn't begin with like some grand courses and all this stuff. It begins with looking at yourself. Absolutely. And when you can do that, when you can look inward with yourself, I think that's guiding by example. There are a lot of parents who get really frustrated and they'll say, well, I, I told my child this or I told them that and they didn't get it. And I think, well, how many times did you have to be told in life to do something? I would rather lead by example. I think I have a much, we have a much better chance at having people pick up on what we're doing if we can lead by example. Then it becomes authentic, right? People are looking to you because you are leading by example and you're not telling people that you're a leader that they need to follow. Right. So tell people again how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. The best way would probably be to email me. Uh, send me an email at lisa underscore ald, A-U-L-D, at yahoo.com. Um, and if you want to arrange a phone consult, we could do that as well. You can leave me a message at 412-737-3420. It's so great. I really hope people get a chance to be able to uh, reach out because I've watched you help so many young people. I love if you ever walk on to the University of Pittsburgh campus and you watch uh, people come by and Lisa and I might walk somewhere on campus together and you watch the kids' faces light up when they see you. Um, they really just love being around you because you're just, you really have a presence about you that I think just as welcomes people. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. So you will help people investigate the feeling. <laughs> investigate the feeling of mind. Yeah. It's, it's really powerful to look inward. I think it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy, but it's worth doing. That's why every Monday, 8 to 10, I come in here and we do this show because, look, life can get very challenging. And when we face, we don't have to face these challenges alone. We don't have to face them alone. There are people out there that can help. And being able to just reach out and, and talk to somebody can make all the difference in the world. I love what I do. I really do. I genuinely love it. I love having this opportunity. I love the YouTube stuff I do. My YouTube channel, you just go to YouTube and you type in Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E, um, and you can get subscribed and get some uh, free videos on that. But every week we're here from 8 to 10. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conte on KDKA Radio.